Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 26 of On the Flank. I am your host, John George, alongside my co-host, Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And, uh, Joe, we just finished up week one of the 2019 Overwatch League season. I mean, just one one word. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Give me one word to describe the whole weekend, Joe. Ah, uh, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. How about... Um... Uh, well, <laughs> I could say surprising, but then I have to explain myself. But th- there were lots of surprises, I thought. Yes. So. Surprises. No explanation needed, right? <laughs> it's just it was a surprising weekend um but we'll, we'll go in we'll go in we'll explain it now this is our first week um after an overwatch league week so you guys get to get a little introduction of our new format that should probably be happening throughout the entirety of the season um we're, we're gonna start off each episode with a, a recap of last week just going through news, just going through like storylines we think are important day by day. Um, we're going to give you guys one game to rewatch, and we're going to give you guys our MVP of the week. Uh, then we'll go into the news throughout the week because we have a lot that we missed from last week. Uh, last week was like a mega episode, so we had to push some news back to today. Um, and then we'll finish off the episode with a preview of the week ahead in Overwatch League. Joe, are you ready to get into this? Yeah, it's going to be good. Our first uh, real episode of like an actual Overwatch League episode. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've been doing this podcast for like six months now, uh, but it's all been during the off season. So we're here and uh, God, I was I feel like I was born ready for this, Joe. <laughs> let's do it. So let's go day by day. We started it off Thursday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, the first day of Overwatch League. It is back, um, and probably, I mean, before we even get into the games, I want to get into just the feel of, of this season, because because this season is is really different from, from the inaugural season, because we have eight new teams, uh, we have four games per day, uh, we got... We got none none of the desks returning. We have watch point before. We have watch point after. Uh, we have a bunch of the in-between map segments have been shortened down. Um, we now have uh, a little break literally in the middle of the map. A nice little minute and a half break, I believe, for advertisements uh, if you don't have the all-access pass, which I think both me and you do, Joe, so we weren't getting those ads. Yeah, um, probably for ESPN and stuff, too. Yeah, Disney XD, ESPN stuff. Um, and then, what else is different, Joe? There's a lot. That, the halftime show's not at the desk. It's at the, it's on the floor. Yeah, they, they've got a big fancy uh, graphic there on the wall for that. Uh, they have the casters casting in the um, in like the main room and not in a green screen off to the side. Or at least the English casters. I don't know if you saw on Reddit a couple of days ago, they had... Um, a, a clip of the Korean casters who are in a green screen room um, and somehow for some reason Bumper wandered into the room like behind them and then like so, sort of realized where he was and then and then left yeah. <laughs> but there, there was a, a clip on that that's funny but uh, but yeah to have to have the the four uh, English casting duos are all um, 
sort of there where the action is. So it's kind of uh, notable, I guess. Uh, we have it in the news section, but we can bring it up to here, because why not? They're doing owl tokens a little differently this season. Um, that now instead of... It was like one per map, I think, that you watched, was the way they gave it out last season. Um, but this season they're, they give out... Uh, they're doing three per hour that you watch. So up for... Um, uh, like 75 tokens per week, um, assuming drops are working and assuming you watch the whole time every week. <laughs> uh, so that's notable. It's um, usually, and it's usually going to be more because I think at least it'll, it'll, it'll yeah. go over. Yeah. At least th- it's supposed to, it's like scheduled to go six hours. Right. But I think th- at least three of the days went seven hours. So you, you should yeah. be getting more if you watch the whole thing or if you just leave your computer open to watch it too. Um, yeah, all, all those changes, I mean, it's kind of crazy. It feels, so it just has a feel of like super, it's super fast paced now because before they would have time for like in between every game, the desk is breaking everything down at halftime. The desk is, is breaking a lot more down. Um, but now you just don't have those breaks really. Um, you would have like the desk introduced the teams. Now the casters introduced the teams, they just don't really have too much time. And I think it's going to be only this season thing because next season we'll probably have teams playing at the same time and all this stuff since they're in different locations. Um, yeah, they're rushing through everything uh, to just to, to fit it into the time block that, for this season. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since uh, it's like, especially since on Thursdays, the last game of the day is always on Disney XD except for week five. Um, well, week five, there is no Thursday, uh, but <laughs> there's always Disney XD at the end of the day. And it feels like they maybe are like, <laughs> maybe really want to get to that game just in time for Disney XD, um, because they only have that time slot for a certain amount of time. Um, it's true. if they're yeah. advertising Shanghai Dragons, Hangzhou Spark, Spark on Disney XD, and you're getting half of the Soul Dynasty LA Gladiators game, and then half of the Dragons Spark game. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Doesn't work so well. Unless you're just driving people to Twitch. <laughs> exactly. Um, which you should. Twitch. I mean, Disney XD, it's nice to have on your TV, but there are ways to watch Twitch on your TV. Just get like a Chromecast. Um, that's a nice True. cheap way. Nice, nice cheap way to get a... Uh, but I'm, I'm personally an Apple TV user. Me and my roommate got a nice Apple TV together this year. So... Yeah. Even though Twitch doesn't have an official Twitch Apple TV app, um, which is upsetting. Because if they did, I guarantee we would have the command center on it. So that's the one thing I miss. So I'm like, I'm mostly watching it on my computer right now because there's no command center. Uh, That that actually works on mobile, by the way. The command center. I I I discovered that um, sometime this week. Yeah, I was a little surprised. (laughs) I didn't think it was going to, that they were going to put that in, but they did. Yeah, how does uh, did you try it out? Is it is it still pretty user friendly on mobile? Yeah, I mean, there's um, you pop it up and there's it's a little prompt um, like below the screen. It just says you know click here to to change your view. And so it's it's a similar like uh, window to what you get on on desktop, but you just have to like scroll to go through all the options that they have. Hmm, okay. But yeah, so other than that, it's the exact same thing. Well, let's let's that's the other change. Let's talk about command center because this was not in an exist. I mean, there was a command center, but it was. It was bad last season. <laughs> um, and now we have tons of options. 
Joe, I know you, I think you probably used the command center more than I did. I used it day one. And then the other days I was either watching on my Apple TV or I was watching VODs because uh, I had work on like Saturday. I had to catch up most of the time that I was watching it besides Thursday. Um, so Joe, what, what are your thoughts on it? You, you used it more extensively, which POVs were you looking at the most? Like that was the hardest decision for me was choosing yeah. a POV because I would be like, wait, but what if I miss something? Then it's my fault. It's no longer the observer's fault. I can't type tattooers and chat anymore. <laughs> it's my fault now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. That's, uh, th- it was one of the things I found myself, uh, noticing too, is that I would, um, uh, uh, pull up a command center view, but then I would like mostly be watching the tiny little like mainstream one in the bottom corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, b- because yeah, it is, it is super cool to have, um, uh, to have that chance. Um, you, like you asked what I was playing. Usually I was following the main tank. Um, cause I, w- when I play competitively, I, I tend to play main tank. Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, so it was interesting sort of even like as you go through the week how that's sort of developed because um, like we had a conversation you know day one the the player POVs were super loud they had all of the game audio um, for each individual player on each individual feed which was nice like you got to hear all the um, you know like the Reinhardt voice cues for when Reinhardt was doing things and that sort of thing but it even drowned out uh, the stream audio um, to a point and so it was hard to actually figure out what was going on um but the, and then by later in the week, um, I think they had just turned off the individual player game audio, um, and and only played the stream audio, which was fine. But then you had no sound effects at all. You know, I, I don't know if they'll come to some balance of that or not. But uh, yeah, when the uh, when the individual uh, POVs did work, and sometimes they didn't. Um, like in fact, I think on Friday or something, they they had to extend the. Um, like the free trial that they gave to people because the POVs weren't working on that day. Um, but when they worked, they were super cool because you got to, um, you could go through whatever that you couldn't, um, you couldn't quite customize it. Um, not like actually customizing. They had, because you could pick either the mainstream or they have all 12 players plus a little version of the mainstream plus a top down map. Um, and you can't like, you know take two players at once or something uh yeah. which which might which might have been cool but um let's see i feel like there's something else um oh yes I mean, so then the, the when you go yeah. back and um when you go back and try to to watch the vods um that it's not there anymore which um I, I sort of talked um last week i think about you know maybe that um maybe the all access pass is like a substitute for not having something like the Overwatch World Cup viewer, where you can like go back and watch the games universally, um, and you still can't do that even here on Twitch. You have to, if you want to use the command center, you have to do that live. Yeah, um, which stinks. <laughs> but I, they're they're trying to get out that World Cup viewer for Overwatch League this season, so uh, I imagine sure. I imagine that'll be coming eventually. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yes. Um, I really would love you can technically like customize it yourself kind of by like doing two different Twitch windows of of like two different POVs or something like that on your browser. Um, That's true. What I really want though and I don't know why they don't have it is just a mainstream with uh the map 
Like that would Ooh. be my favorite view is just mainstream and map. Like that's that's what I was wanting the whole time. I was like, I want to because I at some points I was literally just watching the map stream because I have that option, and I was like, you know, watching the map's great, but I could use the mainstream to go alongside this right now. Um, but I should I sh- next week I should use my dual monitor setup. I should. I should use the fact that I have two monitors and I should have the map on one and I should have the mainstream on the other because I think that is peak Overwatch viewing. If if the observing... Joe, what, what did you think of the observing this week? Because in all honesty, I thought it was a step down from last year. I, did, I At some points, I was like, what are they watching right now? And why is it not the action? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't exactly quite sure. I guess I... Um... But I hadn't thought about it in that way. Um, the you know maybe it's just an issue of that. Um, although I, I guess this sounds far fetched as I say it, but you, you know maybe the the observers uh, are having like a hard time, uh, like specifically following goats as opposed to um, you know some other type of play because um, it is a lot more um, you know minute things that you have to follow there. I know there was lots of like third person camera on general team fights that they're just like, look, there's something happening on the point. Mm-hmm. And that was like about as detailed as I got, which I mean, that's probably helpful for like the casters and stuff, but uh, I definitely it, think, I think overhead, the overhead view is probably the best for goats, which they were utilizing the most. Just sometimes they would not follow the, the action. Like they would always have the camera on the point, but it felt like like half of the time the fight wasn't happening on the point or it was like in a room away from the point or something like that. And I would just be like, Oh, why, why don't you switch to someone's view right now? Um, also Zarya, that's the player. If you're going to do a player POV, Zarya's the one to go with because they are the damage dealer in goats. Um, and you have like Defran, you have all the, like the people you usually, are spectating those guys are on Zarya, um, and seeing a high energy Zarya just tear through. They're the ones that uh, they're the ones getting the kills. So, um, but it's hard to choose, right? It, it's goats. You don't. There's no goats is such a team comp. You're right, and I I totally agree with you. I think that might be the reason why they just don't know who to spectate exactly. I, and I think it's I think it's that overhead bird's eye like kind of view that's like the best way to do it because that's it's like a team it's like pushing back and forth it's almost like tug of war kind of goats is so yeah and then like 500 alts go off at once um <laughs> and you're like you you definitely have to go back and re and rewatch like oh why does why did they win <laughs> because yeah. they were like it, go ahead oh yeah let's just say talk about um uh, alts going off at once that i thought it was super interesting day one uh, day one in particular, there were two or three times during those four matches that it was like simultaneous nerf this, simultaneous experience tranquility, just immediately. <laughs> they, they've, they've got the timings down. They know exactly when to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you you yeah, get but... it in stereo, like in both ears. You're like, oh, okay, this is... <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as I guess we went through all the changes, we didn't give our opinions on the changes um the fast feel i mean what's your so we could go through what's your favorite change this year and what's what do you what do you upset 
what are you going to miss the most about about this year? Because clearly the broadcast is very different, um, and uh, other than things out. other than reinforce hashtag yes. justice for reinforce. I mean, he was there uh, for a little bit, but I mean, I missed the I missed the desk in general this weekend. But none of them were really there. Brand came like the final day, so yeah, it was it was sort of like a fake desk kind of for yeah. like for Watchpoint and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, I did. Um, uh, it, part of part of my surprise, like I was talking at the beginning of the show, um, um, it, and I guess this is this doesn't directly answer your question, but part of my surprise, I think, with this week, um, was how that it really sort of didn't follow lots of the expectations people had for it. Um, you know, people were saying, oh, they're going to play, um, you know, it's going to be goats, you know, 80%, 100% of the time, and that's all we're going to see, and whatever, and yet on the, you know, in actuality, uh, we saw, um, it, it might be an exaggeration, but we practically saw as much uh, Hammond Mercy quad DPS as we did goats, it felt like, um, and we saw, uh, in one week, we saw all 29 heroes played, I'm 98% sure, um, including Doomfist, including Torbjorn, including Symmetra for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we saw uh, we saw Double Sniper, we saw Widow Tracer Sombra, we saw we saw we saw goats, we saw various different types of goats. You know, um, it, clearly you know lots of teams are still comfortable with that. But um, it, it was a very um, like uh, by the map. Uh, sort of, sort of uh, compositional meta. It was a, a very by the point, you know, sort of compositional meta, which I think is we've talked about. Sort of that's that seems like a goal for um, for balancing when they do balancing for Overwatch at the highest levels. They want um, to encourage um, lots of variety and lots of switches, and and th- there was plenty of of resident sleeper in Twitch chat, but it was a lot more interesting, I think, than it could have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, so we had that going for it at least. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the resident sleepers were mostly Thursday. I think once they <laughs> once you get once once people start playing DPS comps, they were like, oh, okay, goats is not dominant. Um, but on unpopular opinion alert, I I lo- I really liked watching goats this weekend. <laughs> I don't know what, it, and me me and you, we've complained about goats before, but. Honestly, it was inter- it was entertaining to watch for me this weekend. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's not a bad composition by any means. You know, it's just um, you know people are are you know complaining it's getting old. So you know whatever yeah. will take that. But um, I mean, it, it definitely gives the teams lots of chances to um, to show off like really technical skills. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly i think we get less and less goats going on throughout the stage if i'm going to be honest with you here because i think there were a bunch of teams that almost felt like they needed to run goats because it was the main it was it was the composition but i think you have teams like london i think you have teams that are terrible at goats (laughs) and and absolutely great at sombra we saw we saw guards uh guard sombra but yeah stuff like that They, they, they pull out stuff that you know they're just not going to be a goats team. They're going to be a an anti goats team, and I think that's going to be viable. You're right. Mm-hmm. Just like just like with the dive meta, there was dive teams, and then there were anti dive teams almost. You know, um, and they're 
teams that were super good at the dive. There are teams that were great at countering the dive. That was that was I remember stage one last year super well, and that was that was what it came down to. But it seemed like in week one, almost everyone was at least giving goats a try if they could. Shanghai Dragons like barely could because they had like no tanks. But um, yeah. that's a that's a completely different story. Um, as far as me, as far as the changes go, I really do miss the analysis and I really do miss the breakdowns. Uh, but I totally understand why. I mean, but at the same time, I totally understand because it was going so long. And I, after day one, I was like exhausted by the end of it because I was like, that was seven hours of Overwatch. This is how it's going to be every day. I could totally understand why we should not sit here and analyze these games four Um, out of seven days a week (laughs) yeah (laughs) so hopefully they pick that up i like watch point before and after but they still feel super quick because they're only 30 minutes um and basically all they did in the watch point was show highlights of the games that i just watched so (laughs) i it felt i I feel like they could have done better in the post-game watch point than just show me all the highlights of the games that were just on, you know? Um, I feel like the highlights are more are better for, like, if you're doing a watch point after the week's over, like on Monday or Tuesday. I feel like that's when you put the highlights in because most of the people that are going to be tuning into the post-game watch point have just watched at least one or two of these games. Um, so I, I would like... I would like to see more analysis somewhere in a watch point, whether it's, I don't even know if they're doing a weak watch point, but I feel like they need to. Um, or maybe that's maybe. just on us, Joe. Maybe we're the <laughs> watch point this year. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll find out in the next couple of days if they do one. Yeah. Uh, it feels like they're not going to, but I mean, it just feels weird because I don't know where I don't, it's, I don't know where Bren, I don't know where sideshow fit. In in I guess the half times maybe, but there's no desk. You know there there needs to be a desk. Yeah. Uh, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Let's get into the games. We just spent 20 minutes talking about random things, but <laughs> but it was it was important things. It, it was, was things. because it was the week. It was week one. I mean next next week we probably won't be talking about those things unless there's a huge change or something like that. But yeah, week one, day one. Um, no map, no map fives, Joe. No map fives at all. But I think they're all and no four and O's either. <laughs> yeah, so we got all the three ones and two one. But uh, I think they're all really good games, despite no map fives. I think they're all super close. Um, felt like they could have gone either way. We started off with Philly Fusion uh, beating the London Spitfire, which we both predicted. Uh, while we go through this, we'll. We'll talk about our predictions, too, and how, how we did on those. We predicted, like, almost three of the same teams. We had one difference that we will talk about. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Philly Fusion. Your Philly Fusion, Joe. How did it feel <laughs> to, to get this upset? Yeah, yeah, Philly took down London. It was, uh, it was an interesting match. I think uh, London just really didn't look very comfortable with the things they were trying to do. Like what we sort of alluded to earlier, Um you know they played goats on three maps and got out goatsed and they played dps on volskaya and they won volskaya mm-hmm. um and you know we know how good of a dps team london is so that wasn't really super surprising um but but yeah particularly um 
I'm looking at the score line and trying to remember exactly the details, but uh, oh yeah, <laughs> particularly Rialto uh, that uh, Philly felt full held yeah. on yeah. Rialto and then and then uh, destroyed him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pu- pushed really quickly, but um, but yeah, that was a cool series. Uh, you know, right away, uh, first game of the day. You know that th- this is how it's going down. We're uh, shaking things up, season two. Yeah, I mean, immediately the the reigning champs. I mean, they were zero two this weekend. They're not a good goats team, and uh, I think the biggest storyline going on this was was Jane. Um, it, it was big on Reddit. Jane saying that that both their goats were awful, um, which I would agree with. With London, I didn't think Fusions was that awful. Um, so I was kind of like, okay, Jane, that's that's kind of spicy there. Um, but I I did not think Fusions was was too awful honestly um but i thought london's was pretty terrible <laughs> and they i mean it showed in their their game against paris who might be the king of goats we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later but i think other storylines li- oh no. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think other storylines coming out uh boston they looked way better i mean is this a storyline, though? I feel like this is just a constant storyline. Boston looked way better than they everyone thought they would be. Classic. Um, they only lost 2-1 to one to Nurik Excelsior. They won a map. They tied a map. And, I mean, I think it's worth pointing out that, that Fusions just got to L.A. like three days ago, uh, was their main shot caller and main tank, and they looked great at points. Some points they didn't look as good. Uh, but fusions probably I this is obviously not a real stat but in my mind fusions averaged two earth shatters per fight at this point <laughs> I counted Ed Nubani the last four fight or the last three fights he had four earth shatters which is crazy um, and they ended up winning that map uh, they tied horizon and then New York ended up winning route 66 I think it was pretty close wasn't it um, uh, I think it was like six that sounds right, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like Three, down two. to the end, yeah. Down to the end of the map, basically. Um, but it was I it's a it's a quality loss for a Boston team that feels like it was just built. They just traded away Gamsu. They it feels and they didn't even have color hacks. They only had one DPS. Um and they managed to lose two to one to New York and later in the week they end up beating Houston three to two. Uh, so this is, I think this was a really good week for Boston considering their situation. And now they have color hex back, um, next week. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens to them. Um, I mean, day one was just filled with it, right? Fisher, yeah. Fisher getting revenge on his old team. Fisher just plays out of his mind against his old teams because he played <laughs> terribly against the fuel in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soul LA gladiators. That was a, uh, another good series. Still took that three to one, um, and yeah, that's uh, after Ilios uh, Gladiators, which Gladiators took two zero, um, but then Soul just showed up. I think it's fair to say, yeah. uh, Kings Row Horizon Route sixty six, um, uh, particularly Kings Row Route sixty six Fissure with like decisive shatters right at the very end um, that just took the map. I mean, you know, Gladiators mm-hmm. were six inches from going to map five. Um, on Route 66, but yeah, that was that was really cool. I think um, I've I talked about before. You know, in order for Soul to have success, they're they're gonna have to um, click with Fissure and vice versa. And I think 
Um, at least this, at least this week they definitely did. Yeah, this week was the I think the perfect example of of your saying because I don't think they clicked Sunday at all with Fisher. There is um, that, <laughs> and they ended up losing one to three. And then when they did click with Fisher, they ended up winning three to one. And I think against one of the best teams in the league. And all fairness, I think LA Gladiators didn't look too good this match. Uh, I think Sherfor was underperforming for sure, and I think everyone agrees. Zari was was looking terrible that game. So um, while while Gladiators underperformed, I think Seoul looked really impressive, especially Fisher. Um, Shanghai Dragons, Hangzhou Spark rounded up the last game in Shanghai. Unfortunately, not getting the first win. But I think the story here is like one of the most insane Horizon maps I've ever seen. What what was happening on this map, Joe? Oh I, yeah, <laughs> I remember this series now. Um, the yeah Horizon. It was because um, it was like it was Hangzhou's attack every time that because yeah. their defense was fine. But uh, I don't remember what was weird about their attack. But they had weird attacks every time. <laughs> they were. It, it was like they were. Their strategy was like to do to not fight until their sombra had EMP, which took three minutes the first time. <laughs> and yeah. every it was weird because like Monty and Del were just sitting there. No fights would ever happen. <laughs> just be like, what is going on we're just sitting here like waiting as hong joe is gonna strike or maybe not and then they eventually took the point but monty was like okay like they eventually got it but they took three minutes to get it like what yeah. and then i don't know it felt like it was such a weird map i just did not know what was happening i was like what is going on and chat is spamming like is this a gold game like what is happening right now um, it seems like both teams have no clue what they're doing. Um, but Shanghai, I think, was... They ended up winning that map, but I think overall Shanghai, um, I don't think they're expected to win, especially with no main tank. They only, And in a GOATS meta, they only had Gagiri on, on tank, so that wasn't good. Or Gagiri. Yeah. Um, and Hamjo looked pretty good. That was for the Disney XD, the first Disney XD game of the weekend. <laughs> Um, we move on to day two, uh, where we had we had a lot more expansion teams. Obviously, we only had a Hangzhou, and uh, the first night, and the expansion teams showing up. Uh, Atlanta Rain four owing Florida Mayhem, Toronto Defiant reverse sweep in the Houston Outlaws, um, and Chengdu Hunters a big upset in five maps. Um, which, I mean, out of you had four expansion teams. Which expansion team was looking most impressive to you uh, coming out? Coming off Friday, Joe. I, well, I think uh, the you know, impressive might mean something different than you know uh, good or successful. But I think uh, I think the most impressive um, expansion team for me has got to be Atlanta um, coming in on that series. Four four old Florida, which you know we've talked about, might not be such an achievement, but the important thing, um, yeah, was that they they definitely made a statement uh, with that win, and then they played. Uh, Philly, a really, uh, really statement match also later in the week. But, uh, you know, coming out first map, Ilios, well, Defran on Torb, and that was just the tone of the entire rest <laughs> of the match. Uh, 
yeah. Dufran. Such a fan favorite at this point if you're going to play. And then after the match, Dufran saying... Um, <laughs> thanks to Twitch Prime, yeah. I popped off. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Twitch Prime, I popped off. <laughs> Classic. Um, but yeah, I, I gotta agree. Atlanta Rain looked the most impressive. But Toronto, I feel like the first two maps, they were shaky, they were nervous. I, I think they easily could have 4 owed Houston if they were playing like they did uh, the last three maps of that. Uh, they, I think that at the beginning they were not looking as good. Uh, and to talk about Houston, as a as a Houston Outlaws fan, they're they're slowly moving out of one of my favorites as they look terrible this year, um, in my opinion. Um, Florida still looking bad. In in my opinion, the least impressive expansion team from this day was Guangzhou, but it was because they honestly looked the most nervous. They honestly looked. I, d- I don't think that they're going to play this bad throughout the rest of the season. Uh, happy, yeah. <laughs> happy, like being toted up is like, this guy's going to be the best Widowmaker. Comes out, does nothing whenever he's on Widowmaker. Everyone else, I mean, Hotpa looked impressive at points, but the entire team looked all over the place. Um, it just looked like they were nervous. They, d- they looked better in their show match versus Soul Dynasty, I think. Like, it, it was crazy. Um. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? The, the last match of the day was kind of just like, what is going on? Like, at, at points, you could see Guangzhou, like, popping off, and you're like, why aren't they doing this all the time? <laughs> like, at some points, they're just not doing well. Yeah, I don't know. And Because, um, yeah, then uh, Chengdu taking it, and, you know, we didn't expect, uh, neither of us did, as I recall, them to be, uh, to you know, to be doing very well super this season. But, uh, you, you know, certainly uh, they'll take the win for sure. But yeah, I expect Guangzhou um, next week when they play uh, Dallas and then they play Vancouver. Uh, so those will both be um, Hard. a little tough. Yeah, but uh, you, you know, another really good chance to for them to show up. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully they do because if they do, I think they could beat Dallas. Um, despite Dallas looking super, super great last week or at the end of last week. Um, but the other game involving no expansion teams was shock versus Dallas fuel. The world was on fire again um, for Dallas fuel fans as they got stopped. Yeah, not, not in a good way. Not in a good way. <laughs> um, stomped. I mean, this was another game we picked and I chose the right answer, Joe. San Francisco yeah. shock one. They- you chose Dallas fuel. Um, they got burnt uh, orange it was instead of blue yep um so that's gonna oh yeah we missed soul gladiators we both picked gladiators and lost um oh yeah the big difference this week was obviously we picked all the same teams except san francisco fuel um so that that's gonna put me ahead on our weekly predictions you can check out our twitter if you want to see all of our predictions and a nice little graphic that joe made thank you joe uh we'll have our records up there throughout the season is that, Every week, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, um should, yeah. So Dallas. Um, uh, what were you saying? We should put like a wager on it. You know. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> we should we should think about it a little bit more. Like not money, but like something we would do like on this podcast that might be embarrassing or something like yeah. that. I don't know. We'll we'll think uh, about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dallas. Uh, this the. Yeah, just didn't show up to this series. Uh, I, I can't imagine exactly what was going on in their heads, but uh, the, you know, all the way through San Francisco, 
uh, just really really looking like the stronger team. Um, notably, didn't play um, striker at all that series, as mm-hmm. I recall. Um, uh, but yeah, that was uh, they, they definitely tuned it up. Um, you know, on their their Saturday off uh, when they came in to play Seoul, but uh, yeah, definitely not the way they wanted to start off that week. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely not. <laughs> um, but if you're gonna lose badly, you, you're I mean, losing a San Francisco Shock badly is not that bad because they're going to be one of the top teams, and you might get a loss anyway in like a close three two. <laughs> Um, so I don't think in the end it's that big of a deal for Dallas specifically because they ended up winning their next game. Uh, but I think the world would have been super on fire if they went 0-2 this week for their fans. Um, Saturday, Saturday, um, London, Paris started off the day. I think both me and you, Joe, I mean, after in my power rankings, I put London number one and I regretted it this week. I mean, I still have them maybe overall. I don't think Goats is going to be dominant. And I think London will finally realize, hey, maybe we shouldn't be trying to run Goats right now. Um, But I think they also got maps, pretty similar maps in both matches that were very Goats heavy. So that was unfortunate for them. Uh, But they ended up playing Paris, who looked fantastic at Goats, uh, where London... was the opposite like they were on the opposite ends of the goat spectrum where paris looked just fantastic at goats all this entire game this was their only game and london looked terrible at it um yeah i mean paris 3 would them on on route 66 like pretty easily the only the only like super close maps were were uh king's row and volskaya and I'll, I'll specifically mention again, Kings Row, uh, they put in Guard, uh, who I hadn't been familiar with, but apparently uh, they, they brought in almost like a somber specialist. Um, it, it was sort of the way I think Uber described him um, in that series. And yeah, Guard ended up, you know, some ridiculous, I think it was like in the 40s of like enemies hacked uh, by the end of the game and just gigantic EMPs all the way through the map uh, that... Uh, just sort of talk about you know how to play anti goats. I think Somber's definitely going to be it for them. Um, but then on the other side, you know Paris. I, I mentioned that I think they're um, especially in this meta, but in general, an underrated team. And so uh, I really want to see uh, you know how much more success they can find here for sure. Yeah, I was t- I I chatted you in Discord saying that Paris Paris has found something interesting because they're a fan favorite and they're basically only going to play goats the entirety of stage one like how did they mix those two together people hate goats but they love paris uh, which is funny to me so paris they take i mean there was so much smack talk going on after the match too they were calling themselves the only european team and london is i just imagine them bible thumping crying after a terrible week one where they lost they lost to uh, fusion and uh, which was a huge revenge match and then they lost to the only other european team uh, in the paris eternal but uh, i think this should be a closer match when goats either when london figures out they shouldn't try goats or when goats is not as good in future patches i can only imagine overwatch will continue to nerf goats until it's until it's like below 50% in in this league so um, I only can imagine London getting more favorable patches in the future. 
Okay, Restless Day, um, probably Valiant and Hangzhou Spark was the, the really good game. NYXL just destroyed Justice um, at Although points. they did pull off a full hold on Horizon somehow. Yeah. Which Washington is, did. <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty crazy. Um, but the other maps, NYXL just was felt like they were just playing with them. Yeah. Um, and Wizard Hyung was not a genius this weekend, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another thing you should go back and watch. If you didn't see the watch point for Saturday uh, that they played, like a you know story clip, whatever, of like an interview with Wizard, and he, he was just like, I'm a genius and nobody recognizes it, but we're going to show them all and I want to take the power rankings and turn them upside down. And, <laughs> and then they just got crushed by yeah. uh, NYXL, but... Well, almost felt really bad for them um but I, even like the people at the desk right after that kill played were like what is he talking talking about <laughs> <laughs> like you can't come out that cocky when your team is i don't know your players you can be a good coach but you need good players too and that's what everyone said uh, besides that hangzhou spark ended up winning against la valiant i think these two teams were probably two of the best goats teams this weekend uh looking at um goats and triple dps hangzhou was was good at specializing at both honestly um and they they were switching off a lot uh valiant had some great goats had some great dps play overall i think this series was was a great one to watch went to five maps i think these are two of the best stage one teams based off what we saw and hangzhou ended up taking it at five maps repping for the expansion teams uh i mean a great day for the expansion team saturday because they ended up beating teams that people actually think are going to be good right um paris beating london hangzhou beating valiant and then titans beating i mean i don't know if people think dragons are still going to be good after this weekend but (laughs) oh and 42 shanghai yeah (laughs) but i but i I think shanghai will still be good uh but yeah at end of the day with titans 4-0ing dragons which i think is super impressive in my opinion because i think i think the dragons they had gamsu in this time and i I think the dragons are going to be good towards the end of this stage better as they as they start meshing with gamsu and and all that but the titans looked titans looked like one of the best goats teams for sure and it's it pays off that they have been playing goats since contenders right yeah for sure um but that was the last game of the four games we picked was Titans versus Dragons, and we both picked Titans. So that's another win for us, Joe. It's true. Sunday was the was the day of the of of the five maps. Apparently, all three of the first matches went to five maps, and they all went to the last point. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or at least uh, as of the Philly match. So I assume. Yeah, Boston, um, Houston, shock gliders also. too. But yeah, yeah, they all did. They all went to. To the last, the final point, uh, Boston ended up getting that final point against the Houston Outlaws, which is impressive that they're able to get a win with uh, without with only one DPS player and a brand new tank, as we said earlier. Philadelphia Fusion. I think most people were mainly impressed by Atlanta this match um, <laughs> For because sure. no one expected them to be competing with this team, um, and they were super well, by the way. And then Gladiators <laughs> taking it last second too. I was gonna say. Then again, this is also the the Philly fusion that um, that three two Shanghai in 
stage three or stage four of last year. So, <laughs> you know, it's very true. I mean, Philly Fusion always has to go to five maps, no matter who they are playing. So, <laughs> I, maybe we should take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Fusion Atlanta did they did look impressive. Um, I'll tell you that. I agree with there was like a Reddit post saying I like Defran, but stop spectating him all the time. And I agree with that because I I feel like we barely got to see the other players of Atlanta that I think did super well, not just Defran. Um, and, and notable, their first map of the week was Ilios Well and Defran played Torp, and their last map of the week was Ilios Well and Defran played, played Torp. So. <laughs> Starting off the week fantastic, ending off the week fantastic. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, they didn't. They didn't win. Uh, but, there, there is that. That's kind of important. Yeah. Um, and then Gladiators beating the Shock, which was. I mean, these last two games were very confusing based off earlier results this week. <laughs> um, but Gladiators beat the Shock, who everyone was like, "Fuel's not like that bad. It's just the Shock are so good." And then the Shock lost to, to the Gladiators, which I think these are two top teams uh, from my power rankings. Uh, but this is, um, I, it was a super close match. I did not expect Gladiators to win this game based off of how they looked against Soul, number one, and number two, not having Decay yet, honestly. Like, I think not having Decay is is hurting them a little bit. And Roar is still getting used to the main tank role. I think he didn't look too good against Soul. I don't think he looked that great against Shock either. So I did not expect them to win this. Uh, they ended up doing it, and I think it was because of some like weird mistakes by Shock. For example, they like brought in Striker, um, and I can't remember who else they brought in for Map 5. Um, but just this was the first map Striker was playing this season, and it looked like not the greatest choice. <laughs> they played uh, Striker and Rascal. Yeah, they just brought them in. Um, they were like, okay, we need a we need a change up, which doesn't really make sense to me because the last map was the one they won on Rialto in dominating fashion. Um, well, it wasn't dominating actually, uh, but they had won that map and the, their players were doing well. Uh, it seemed like a questionable substitution. People are blaming are blaming that for the reason they lost. I mean, I think there was just some mistakes that San Francisco made. I thought. As a as a Gladiators fan, it hurts me to say this, but it felt like more of a San Francisco Shock mistake than a Gladiators great win. Um, but I'll take the win. That's a huge win for the Gladiators. <laughs> yeah, definitely um, one they needed too. Yeah, especially with how hard their stage one is. They got like Paris next. I mean, they they play some very hard teams this stage. Um, which, by the way, I think the the definition of unlucky is playing Paris in stage one. <laughs> yeah. uh, because this is going to be their really good stage so that's just unlucky as hell if you're doing that uh, but we finished it off with the fuel uh redeeming themselves winning three to one soul looking like a completely different non-aggressive passive team um and fuel looking like a completely different aggressive team uh did you watch this one joe i did yeah just uh just earlier this morning because <laughs> i didn't watch it live but uh, but yeah particularly uh, uh when they had rck and i'll highlight him that yeah um really really good contributions there um and i i think akm single-handedly won them um uh king's row i think um and it, it, i don't remember what it was but um 
that AKM single-handedly won my map practically, and RCK did the same thing on a different one. Uh, that yeah, that this was this was a much better um, Talos field than we saw on Thursday. Yeah, AKM popping off on that widow. That was a great clip if you haven't seen it. Um, because I missed that widow play. That was the widow play of the weekend. Um, but yeah, that that wraps up the weekend. If we're gonna do this every week, um. If they didn't have time to watch this weekend, what is the one game you want them to go back and rewatch, Joe? Yeah, so for me, it's got to be um, uh, Philly uh, Philly versus Atlanta from Sunday. Um, again, just because, uh, like we talked about, how close that ended up being, um, despite what people were expecting it to be. Um, all the way to map five, all the way to, to round three, and there were several of those this season. But, um, you know, they talked about, oh, it's the, it's the battle of the... Uh, corporate cable conglomerates but i I think it's going to end up um end up being more than that um as the season keeps going on and i guess only they're only going to play them one more time this season um in the regular season but still it's fun it's fun i like i like things like that um but yeah i agree with that one that was going to be my first choice but i have to give a different game and it's going to be valiant versus hung joe uh, which actually Joe didn't watch himself. So Joe's going to go back and rewatch that now. <laughs> um, it's true. It's true. Uh, like I was saying, I think this was the best, the best performances from two of the best teams this stage, I think, because they not only performed super well goats, but they were performing super well anti goats, super well, three triple DPS lineups, both these teams. So uh, go back and watch this. If you want to see what stage one is going to be like, um, just straight up and i went to five maps it was fantastic the crowd was electric for this match and it seemed we were it was in la but it seemed like there were more hangzhou fans um picking pink was the best choice they could have done you could see Uh, them in the crowd yeah um mvp of the week is the other thing we're gonna do um Joe, you want to start off with your MVP? Who's the most valuable player this week? There are tons of great players. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell our funny story that we have, which was um, <laughs> that uh, John sprung this up me sprung this up on me before the show, uh, you know, hour ago now or something, and said, "Hey, we're gonna do MVPs." Um, uh, so, so I said, "You know, do we have to each have our own, or are we gonna pick different ones?" And he said, "Well, no, we each do, we each do our own." So I was sitting here thinking, flipping through the games. Um, and so I thought I had come up with one, and so I said, "Well, who did you pick?" And he said, "Fusions." And I said, "Well, I was going to say fusions too. <laughs> um, if I didn't say fusions, you know, it might have to be, um, you know, somebody like Defran coming in and again, really strong um, showing this week for Atlanta. But but yeah, fusions was definitely my first pick um, coming in. Uh, they they were saying he's only very recently arrived in LA at all, uh, but coming in being called up from. Uh, from a two-way player like his very last second um, and then just absolutely popping off uh, in both series versus uh, New York and Houston this week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he deserves it the most. I, I don't know who else does. I'm so excited to watch this guy play. I loved watching him on UK. He's just got such aggressive Reinhardt play. And I agree with what the casters were saying about his Winston. It's as aggressive as his Reinhardt, which is not a good idea sometimes. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> which is why his Winston's not as good, which I, I feel like he only improves as the, as the time goes on, as, as, as he re- learns when he should be aggressive and when he shouldn't be aggressive. 
Um, while he got MVP, I think there were tons of mistakes he could have improved on, but I think he's going to, honestly. And I was telling Joe that um, Fusions, his his first Earth Shatter of the fight, never good, but his second Earth Shatter of the fight, always fantastic. Um, he 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 was just getting so many Earth Shatters. And I think he, it felt like he almost knew that he was going to get a second Earth Shatter because he was just like, okay, I'll just throw out this first Earth Shatter, like see if it hits anybody, and then he'll charge up his next Earth Shatter very quickly, and then the other team's not expecting it, he'll he'll hit like five people on the second one. He's like, if the first one's not going to be good, the second one will be. Um, <laughs> and Fusions, I mean, just just a fun guy to watch, and he in the interview after he just looked so like excited to be there and that just made me made me happy boston's becoming one of my favorite teams despite huck being an abusive father or something like that (laughs) Uh, um, just because of fusions and this team is just always under underdog status for some reason okay 55 minutes in or 52 (laughs) minutes in we finally move on (laughs) we we still got tons of show left i know let's do it Good, okay. thing, good thing we're recording on a Monday. Yeah, <laughs> good thing I don't have work after this. Yeah, that is for sure. Um, news. Let's just let's let's scramble through this news. Year the pig is almost over. I didn't play it at all, Joe. I I failed us. Um, I didn't. It, it's okay. It's okay. I didn't really either. <laughs> but uh, if you want to get placed in competitive CTF, so, um, actually no, it probably is over. Yeah, so too late. You, you can't <laughs> um, you can't get placed in competitive CTF anymore. Uh, but what that does mean is that there's probably um, a set of updates coming in the next week or two uh, on the PTR right now. What's on the PTR? Uh, Paris map is on the PTR right now. Mm-hmm. Um, plus the like armor priority changes. So those might be coming into live um, sooner rather than later with maybe a new PTR patch um, coming in behind that. But we don't know anything about that yet. So yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that. That's the year of the pick. If you if you missed out on competitive CTF, then Too you bad. missed out. <laughs> uh, but you probably got next year. Uh, then we got contenders news. This is from last week that we had to push back because last week was all about Overwatch League. Now we can talk about contenders a little bit. Uh, so we we knew the outline before, but now we get kind of details of of uh, what's exactly going to be happening this year. So we're of course we're down from three seasons uh, contenders year to two. Um, they start with trials, um, and, and, and trials will, will be between sort of contenders and open division teams, I believe, to, to figure out the last spots. A bunch of teams have guaranteed spots. Of course, if you're a academy team, you're guaranteed a spot in contenders. Um, and then you have the, the regular season, of course, um, that moves into playoffs, which is a single elimination bracket, which is different from the actual overwatch league this year um and it's six teams i believe yes the top six teams in each region are in the playoffs and some regions have eight teams some have 12 right i think china is gigantic yeah and yeah china has eight um yeah china just just has eight okay well maybe mm, uh, everything has eight but that's i think six is a lot for (laughs) that's that's a lot of the league that's 75 percent of the league is making the playoffs if you have eight teams which is crazy it's true um and then you have atlantic and pacific showdowns after season one which is going to be happening in the um mid-season break 
right of for Overwatch, Overwatch League, League yep. which is a month long. Um, so in that break, there's going to be the All-Star Game, if I remember correctly, and then the Atlantic and Pacific Showdowns. Somewhere in there, yeah. <laughs> yeah which is a double elimination tournament. Um, one, yeah, one, one of them is the Atlantic Showdown, which is between Europe, North America, and South America, and then the Pacific, which is Australia, China, Korea, and Asia Pacific. Um, and those are going to be double elimination brackets of the top teams uh, from each region. I believe it's top two each region, or it depends from region to region, right? Yes. Top yeah. one from Australia, top two from China, top two from Korea, top one from Pacific, and then top two from Europe, top three from North America, and top one from South America. Um, so that's a little different. The Pacific Showdown has eight, and the Atlantic Showdown has six. Uh, and those are double elimination brackets. I believe those are um, lands as well. Those will be live events. So that's exciting, especially uh, because we thought there weren't going to be as many live events. And then then we get into Season 2, which you have the trials again with open division teams to see who makes it. Then you have the regular season. The playoffs are the same, which leads into the gauntlet, um, which is 10 teams doing group stages and then double elimination, and it's between everybody. It's everybody in the world. Uh, so it's like a world's situation for contenders for the um, end of the 2019 seasons which is kind of cool that you have like both a like a season thing and also a yearly thing yeah i mean i've always wanted to see korean contenders teams face off against north american contenders teams and all that and we're finally getting that which is nice um anything else you want to say about contenders before we move on um uh, uh, they said they reallocated some of the prizes so that the to more heavily reward top performing teams. So it's yes. $125,000 for the Atlantic and Pacific showdowns and 250k for the gauntlet, which is a lot. Mhm. So you're going to uh, want to make those. You're going to yeah. want to make it to those. For sure. Um, um yeah, and so they're going through uh, I think they're even past no, no, they're still in trials right now, but they're going mm-hmm. through trials most most regions are right now. So Yep, and uh, I'm begging for chicken contendies to make it the Hard Blues team. It'd be fantastic. Um, and now, I mean, moving on to the to the next piece of news, not only might Hard Blue be in contenders, but we now know that XQC is going to be in contenders. That is um, a backup in contenders. <laughs> um, but he, he might be finding his way to the main role because um, who's their main take again? Uh, I think it's Roar. Uh, Gladiators it... Legion. Yeah, because I think Roar is two ways with Gladiators Legion. I believe. Oh, really? Hmm. Whoever the rain tank is on Gladiators Legion is is a two way. So they're saying XQC is going to play once when that two way contract person is um, is going to is going to play for for LA. So it's, it's, it's Panker. Panker, Sorry. yes, yeah. it is Panker. That is who it is. So XQC, um, yeah, he's he's back in competitive uh, format, which was funny to me because he he was talking smack about Blizzard all week on his stream, and then this was announced, and I was like, why <laughs> do you what? Why do you? Why are you doing this? It seems like you really don't want to do it. Um, but this is interesting. What do you What do you think about XQC being back? Um, you know, I mean, we've—he's got the talent for sure. Um, yeah. Clearly, uh, uh, whatever the the upper organization is, 
the you know LA Gladiators and the LA Rams and all that. Um, clearly, they um, have weighed the <laughs> the risks involved uh, with with signing XQC and they're and they're going for it. I mean, um, you know, it's. Uh, it's some. It's something for them. I mean, I don't. I don't know what to tell. I'm. Just, you know, lots of people are going to be excited now. Lots of people are going to be watching Gladiators Legion matches. I guess so. <laughs> in that sense, they've succeeded. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool, actually. I'll take it. Um, in other contenders news, Toronto forms Montreal Academy team, uh, which makes sense because. It feels like forming a Toronto Academy team at this point with all the bad press from the last Toronto Academy team, Toronto Esports, um, it's probably just not a good idea at this point. Uh, but it's I, I think it's cool to have your Academy team represent a different city um, just because that's that's what I'm used to. AAA teams and baseball are a different city from, from your regular team. So like the Detroit AAA baseball team is Toledo and not to Detroit. Um, so I think it's cool to represent those like smaller cities um, that aren't going to get a main main team. Now I just need a Detroit Contenders team. That would be fantastic. Or an Indianapolis one, right, Joe? Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, looking at you, whatever <laughs> owl team doesn't have an academy. <laughs> which, uh, I don't know. Atlanta's academy should switch to um, to Indianapolis. There you I, go. There's a, or Washington D.C. I don't know. There's it, no it, one it, like. Just say D.C. doesn't have an academy yet, do they? No, they don't. So they, they should don't. do Indy, or they should they should take that. Someone has to take the the Midwest market because apparently there's no there's only going to be 20 teams season three as well. So oh. Ch- Chicago is going to be missing out. Like I'm surprised no one took Chicago. Or I, nobody I just, in Chicago took a team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh, so talking about XQC, um, if again, staying on the the team the Team Canada uh, trail, uh, uh, Chain notably is signed here to the Montreal Academy um, mm. from Team Canada. He was, uh, I think, James described him once before as um, the best main tank who has never actually played on a team. I, I think I think that was I think that was his definition because he was like uh, you know Team Canada sub for two or three years um, and all this and so I don't know exactly where the cutoff is but but really good maintaining player um, hmm. notably there now played for Montreal so that's cool um, so yeah look out for him in the first contender season of uh, 2019 we move into Overwatch League opening week news we talked about reinforce we saw him a little bit. Uh, on the broadcast, but he has now been hired as a game producer. Uh, Whatever that ins- means. Apparently giving his insight backstage in the spectating room is what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, is this is this the best use of reinforced talents, Joe? <laughs> eh, probably not, but you know, there's. it sounds like there are some sort of reasons maybe that they have. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but, but he's there. You know, he, he made it in... Uh, an appearance he playing Reinhardt actually um, on whatever day that was that they they did a goats demonstration <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah I don't know it's uh, it's good he's still hanging around for sure yeah I mean it's, listen I'm all for reinforce it's the, the direction they want to take the broadcasts are in more of a casual direction they don't want to get too in depth they don't want to scare away people who don't know what's happening um, 
So they, they, I can see why they wouldn't want reinforce. I could see that because reinforce probably had the most in-depth commentary throughout the season. Um, but I, coming from right now working with an LCS team in Echo Fox, I, I look at their production and um, I think during game days, I think LCS maybe doesn't attract enough casuals because they're talking too in depth, but they have a bunch of like during the week content that can be in depth. Like they have a podcast called the dive, which is super in depth between everyone on the desk. I think they should do something like that with reinforce and sideshow and all these people who want to talk in depth, the Monte Cristo, all these people who, who are, are there to talk in depth. I think you got Zoe, you got Malik, you, all, you got Puckett, all these people who are way better at talking to the casual audience than someone like Monty, Doa, all these people who um, clearly know their stuff very well and want to talk about their stuff uh, in depth. So I think producing something like the dive eventually for Overwatch could be great with like Reinforce on it. Uh, there's yeah. just a bunch of stuff from LCS I see. That I that I would like to happen Overwatch League, but I understand that they want to get the casual esports market. Yeah, be cool. <laughs> yeah, um, or maybe they could hire me and you, Joe. We could do we could do an official Overwatch League podcast for them. There you go. They'd probably have to pay me, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I wouldn't do that for free. Uh, Gamsu to Shanghai Dreads. We talked about this a little bit um, and fusions. Pulled up to Boston full time, of course. This is a little old news, uh, but we, we talked more about fusions than we did about Gamsu. So, what do you think about? I mean, was this? It seems like it was a good move for both teams because fusions almost feels like a better in-game leader than Gamsu was. But it's also great for Shanghai because they just need any main tank they can get, and I think Gamsu's a great one, right? Yeah, it's you know I can't imagine uh, how this week might have gone. Uh... For, for either team, you know, without that, uh, the, yeah, definitely to have that uh, uh, the, that opportunity for them. This is going to be helpful. Uh, we'll have to see exactly how how Gamsu comes in. Uh, you know, he didn't play their first match, uh, but then did the second. Uh, yeah, it'll just be uh, wait and see sort of thing. Yeah, um, he did. He was fresh off the trade, so I don't think you can judge his performance too much. But um, yeah. He looked very happy, um, which is sad <laughs> because uh, I hadn't seen—I don't know—I had seen Gamsu this happy before, and that just almost confirms that Boston, the behind-the-scenes Boston stuff, to me, is not good because <laughs> um, he just looked super happy. I hadn't seen like like he walked out the first day and he was like the main guy, like sort of getting everyone hyped up on the team and i was like i've never seen gamsu this animated um <laughs> he was just so happy to be there which is crazy uh but hopefully boston as a fan of boston now with fusions there i mean we'll see what happens okay i think that's it for the news right we already talked about these this stuff okay yeah. so we finally move on to previewing this next week joe Oh, I think so. We're a minute ten in. Hopefully, all these episodes aren't this long. <laughs> It'll work out. It'll work out. We we'll get into our groove for everybody, and by the end of the stage, we'll be churning these out. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be great. I think. Yeah, I think I think we had a lot to talk about this week too, because it's opening week, right? We had everyone had a storyline. I'm sure, like 
something like Guangzhou, Chengdu, we won't talk about next time or something like that. Yeah. Like something it, that's obviously meaningless. Yeah, that's true. We mentioned that during the week that they, they intentionally stacked all of the, um, um, you know, good stories into, into week one. So, Oh yeah, it'll be good. It was, it was a really good week. Um, so it's, it's hard not to talk about everything, but week two preview, we're going to make some predictions. Um, but first, before we talk about what we think the best four games are, we'll look at some other storylines that we're probably not going to be talking about. Um, and the first of those, um, being the charge, the fuel that's on day one, that's on Thursday, uh, which I think Thursday is um, probably the worst day of Overwatch League yet <laughs> uh, based off all these matchups. But Guangzhou, Dallas Field should be the headliner um, between two teams that, well, Dallas been un- inconsistent. Um, and I think they should be performing more like their last game against Seoul. And then you had Guangzhou who looked um, like they were making the biggest mistakes out of anybody in the Overwatch League so far. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that match. Who do you? I mean, just give me a little quick little quick little preview, Joe. Quick yeah. Um, when I uh, when I put that on our list here, so to talk about, um, my comment was, you know, both teams need redemption, and then um, Dallas came back and beat Seoul last night. But uh, but it is still true that yeah, Fuel needs a solid win, um, and definitely Guangzhou does after um, that two three loss to Chengdu. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, going into the second week, it's going to be important to both of them for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely very important. Okay. And then we have Dragons, Uprising. Dragons still, this is on Friday at uh, the 7 Pacific slot. Dragons still need that first win, that illustrious first win that they cannot get quite yet. Um, and they're going up against Boston, who looked a lot better than a lot of people think. And I don't think uh, it would be too much of a surprise if they ended up winning. Because I think both, honestly, these are the two teams that are both having, like, roster troubles. And Gamsu, like, immediately gets to face the team uh, that he was just on. This is the only time they're playing this season since uh, Boston's in Pacific, or Boston's in Atlantic, Shanghai's in Pacific. Um, So this should be an interesting one. I I would say check this one out, and I would say this could be, I would still say Shanghai doesn't get their first win. Joe, do you think Shanghai gets the first win? Yeah, I, I think I would be surprised, especially after having seen the way Boston's play in this first week. Um, you, you know, before this week, I might have thought it was it would have been closer, but um, yeah, I'm looking at zero and forty three. Yeah, especially with Colorhex back. By the way, um, Colorhex is back this week. So, so, and I think that's Boston's only game this week. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Axiom doesn't have to play Zarya anymore. Although he was exactly. doing pretty well. At he was it. great. He was great. Yeah, um, and I don't know. I, I don't even know if they're having color explains area. Who knows? Um, I guess we'll find out. But yeah, I guess we will find out. And maybe Boston will throw in some more three DPS lineups because of uh, color hex being back. Uh, and then the last one we wanted to point out was uh, Spark Spitfire, which I think should be. I mean, is the question is is Spitfire going to switch up their their uh, strategy here. I think they have an easy game against Justi- Justice. Uh, that's the first game of the week, which could be their first win. Um, and I think uh, the big reason this ma- we want to point out this match is Hangzhou. I mean, this is going to be a big test for them. Um, but I honestly think this is going to be an easier test for them than Valiant, based off how London's playing in this meta. So it's true. It's true. Yeah. I th- 
I think Hangzhou could start off 4-0 because they had Houston this week too, um, which would be super great, which I think pretty – like going 4-0 almost feels like guaranteeing stage playoffs for me. Yeah, I mean when because... you're only playing – Eight, seven, dude, games, seven games in a stage. Yeah, that's because like that, that's a winning 500. record. Yeah, that's a winning record in the stage going 4 0. So that would be fantastic for Hangzhou. Week three, they play Shock and Gladiators, though. <laughs> oh, so. yikes. That is that is a tough week. Um, that is a very tough week. And then they then they face Toronto. And then their last game it's is a bye. Uh, it's a bye wait, week. That is against Toronto. Oh, it's a bye week. Yeah, because that is their last game is Toronto. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, now let's move on to the four games we're going to be predicting. So last week I went 3-1 and one and you went 2-2, two and two, right, Joe? Yeah, I think all my graphics, I'm doing them out of four. So yes, three for four and two for four, but yes. Okay, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, that, that's a great way to do it. Um, yeah, three for four, two for four. That's a 75 percenter for me. Okay. That's true. Um, this week, let's see if we have... We only had one difference last week. Let's see if we have some differences this week. Um, but the first match is Atlanta versus Toronto, two teams that um, I think look better than a lot of people thought. Uh, Toronto beating Houston, Atlanta beating Mayhem decidingly, and then just losing to Philadelphia. Um, so who... You want to talk about this match a little bit? Two great expansion teams. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Um, you know, we didn't get um, as much of a look at Toronto as we did um, Atlanta, but you, you know, definitely what we saw from both of these teams is looking really good. Um, I think from my pick, I'm going to have to give a little bit of an edge to Atlanta here. Um, again, just because of how um, how really nice things were looking for them um, in their their first week. Uh, but but I feel like it is going to be pretty close too. I mean, um, you know, you know, Toronto uh, has certainly shown that they're they're ready to to do some stuff <laughs> yeah uh i think like i said against um houston if they were i think they easily could afford out forward houston if they weren't as nervous at the beginning uh and for that reason i'm gonna go toronto beating atlanta rain but i do think this is gonna be a close one so we already differentiate joe nice. um, I, I do think this is gonna go five maps Makes i think toronto wins it yeah exactly uh, the next one, so that one's 7 Eastern. That's the first game on Friday, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Uh, and then the next game on Friday is our is our next match, which is should be another great match. New York Excelsior versus Los Angeles Valiant. Excelsior starting off 2-0, Valiant 0-1, but they did face Hangzhou Spark, and they looked fantastic while losing. Um, so who, who do you think has this one, Joe? Um... Yeah, so coming in from week one again, I'm gonna have to go back and um, rewatch that Valiant match. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, even Boston giving uh, uh, giving New York a hard time, uh, you know, relatively hard time. Uh, that that was notable, I think for sure. Um, you know, the the win over DC, I think, is gonna end up being less so uh, for New York. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I haven't. Uh, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage here, but I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and call it uh, for New York, um, and we'll see what happens. I feel like you're also gonna disagree with this one too. But yeah. Uh, but like I said, that makes things interesting. Uh, yeah, you're you're very right. I am gonna disagree. I'm gonna we'll pick the LA Valiant. I'm gonna pick the LA Valiant. I think Boston had or New York had one of the easiest Week One schedules, and they gave up a map to Washington, who looked terrible, and 
They uh, almost t- lost to Boston, got pretty close there, and only beat them by one map. Um, so I'm going to go Valiant. I just overall in this meta, I don't think New York or London, for that matter, are very good at goats. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to go Valiant here, who I was impressed by last week against Hangzhou. We're differentiating already, Joe, in, in two matches. We'll see if these ones are going to be the same. The next one is the first match on Saturday, uh, which is 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and it's between the Gladiators and the Paris Eternal, um, which is kind of crazy because Paris only plays one game again this week, um, and it's at the same exact time slot, <laughs> um, and it's against a very hard team again. And it's the Gladiators, Paris Eternal. Gladiators coming off a huge win against Shock. Paris coming off a, a huge win in there to prove themselves against the London Spitfire. Uh, who do you, I mean, I think this is going to be a very close match. Who do you think is going to win it, though, Joe? Gladiators at Paris. Um, I think I'm, I'm going to have to show my bias. Because uh, uh, I do really like the Paris team. I'm going to have to go with Paris on this one. Um, we talked about talked about really how good they are, especially in this meta. Um, in looking at uh, some of the maps you know, they're playing, uh, they're playing Nepal, they're playing uh, Nimadi, Anubis, and Dorado. And, you know, we've saw we've seen some interesting things there, but uh, those are definitely going to be uh, this is some maps you know leaning towards them uh, for sure. That's going to be helpful as they yeah, go. Um, I think so. I think Nubani and Nepal have been super goats heavy, right? And then. Dorado's been like Sombra goats heavy. Yeah. Um, which I think Gladiators are better at than Paris. Um, I actually somehow I did not see a single map of Temple of Anubis. Did was how often it, was Anubis played last week? Yeah, not not very. It didn't feel like. I know um uh I think Shanghai Vancouver played Anubis. Um, just off the top of my head, yeah, they played Anubis. Um, but yeah, I felt like there was a lot more Volskaya and Horizon than, Hin- yeah. than Anubis for some reason. But I'm sure it'll balance out later in this stage. How, how goats heavy was Anubis? Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's I feel like it's one of the maps that probably wasn't as goats heavy. Yeah, it's hard. To, well, I, in fact, um, I, I, I we we saw Anubis. a Torbjorn on Anubis. It might have been. Uh, I, re- I remember there was a torpedo on Anubis defense. I forget what team ran it, but uh, but yeah, it was a little shaken up. It's a little shaken up. Yeah. Um, God, this one's gonna be close. I think Gladiators can win Dorado. Um, I'm not sure. It's gonna come down to whoever wins the Temple News game. But I think it's because uh, I think Paris will take Nepal, and I think they'll take Nimbani. I think I'm gonna go Paris as well. They're so good in this meta. It's hard to deny them. Yeah. To deny them this win. It's they they looked so good against London. Um and Gladiators, they still don't yeah, they still don't have decay. So they're they're little they they don't have that I think who's who's going to end up being their best player this season. So I'm gonna go Paris. So that's our first same pick here. And then Sunday, the last game of the week is uh, in my opinion, could be the game of the week here. Vancouver, San Francisco Shock, um, which should be, I, th- I think, a really good one. Both of these teams showed some dominance in games, but San Francisco ended up losing to the Gladiators. I think this one's a toss-up, Joe. Who do, who, who you got here? Yeah, I definitely got to agree with you on that one. I mean, uh, this is definitely a battle of um, 
the the uh, the the old guard and lots of the best of the old guard from season one, uh, you know, coming in against uh, Vancouver. You know, we've seen how good uh, San Francisco is uh, this uh, this season. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, coming in, uh, you, you know, Vancouver forward Shanghai, but uh, at least this week, that's not seeming like such a big deal. Um, I don't know. I think uh, for all of the all the San Francisco Shock fans that uh, listen to this podcast that I have wronged in the past, <laughs> however long I don't know. I, I, I think uh, based based on this week, I think they they've earned enough from me. Uh, that uh, I'm going to give it to San Francisco. I think uh, uh, with yeah. a little bit of an edge. One of the keys to look at too with San Francisco is this is their only game this week, which means their game plan. Um, is only going to be focused on Vancouver Titans. So Vancouver has a game actually the day before against Guangzhou. They'll probably be putting more focus on San Francisco, though. Uh, so you could see maybe a sneaky upset by Guangzhou. That used to happen. Remember that it's last true. season? You, <laughs> Back you when would, they always had un- two games a week. Yeah, you would you would, um, you would would underestimate the team, that one of the teams, and then you wouldn't game plan for them, and then you, you'd get a sneaky loss to them because it'd be like, well, we didn't. We didn't think that was going to be a tough match, but but like someone like Guangzhou is going to come into this week and they're going to say, let's focus all our game plan on Titans because they're the best team we're playing this week. Um, and Titans are going to be like, let's focus all our game plan on Shock because they're the best team we play this week. So you could see a sneaky upset there. But um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Titans here. Um, honestly, the game against Gladiators makes me think that it kind of reminded me, like I've been, I've been comparison, I've been doing sort of a comparison of last year's Spitfire team with this year's Shock team because um, Spitfire started with twelve people, ended with like seven or eight by the end of it because just having this many players isn't good in the end because you you sub in people like striker and rascal at the end because you have them and you're like okay i feel like we need to do this um and that's what london were doing at the beginning of last season they were like swapping in a bunch in and out a bunch of people uh, but they weren't really good until they figured out these are the people we need um and i don't think shock has done that yet and i think vancouver has more than done that because they chose a roster that already knows what they need and what they can use super well and i think vancouver will come out on top here Uh, i think san francisco will eventually be one of the top dogs Um, but i think for now they're going to have some rougher times against these harder points opponents like the gladiators and now like the titans so i'm gonna go titans we differentiated a lot this week that means we've got some great games this week right joe it's true yeah, it's like we said. Even though they stacked uh, week one, you know, the more they play, the more uh, things are going to come out, the more exciting it's going to get. And I think that's because most, like, I think only f- like three or four of the teams looked exceptionally bad. I think the rest of the teams looked like they could perform well and they could beat anybody in the league, uh, which is why I love Overwatch League. There's so much parity. Um, if you go over to League of Legends, it's always like team liquid cloud nine or tsm um it's never anybody else which is so boring so i'm super happy to be in in also looking at the overwatch league and loving the overwatch league because it could be anybody it feels like all these teams have some fantastic players 
Okay. Anything else you want to talk about for this week before we just close out this long, long podcast, Jeff? Um, yeah, I don't think so. It's uh, we're building a building a uh, procedure now and getting into yeah. the groove. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see who we have. So many differences this week in our predictions. I'm excited to see who who comes out on top, Joe. Um, I'm hoping I, I I'm least confident in my Toronto pick, but we'll see what they do yeah uh, but there should be some good matches this week uh thank you thank you guys for listening to another episode of on the flank i'm so excited the season is back uh i'm ready to get into the groove of things i spent my entire weekend watching this and i wouldn't i wouldn't have liked to do anything else honestly it was fantastic um but as far as social media goes if you want to follow us on twitter on my personal twitter account it's at JWGeorgeIV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's I-N-C. You can follow our show at On The Flank Show, or you can email us, show at gmail.com. You can either tweet or email us to uh, give us some topics you'd like us to talk about uh, on this podcast. We might, we might talk about yours. You're listening to this in some way, but if you want to listen to it in a different way, we are uh, on at ontheflank.podbean.com on your internet browsers we are on youtube my youtube channel uh which is john george the best way you're going to be able to find that is via my twitter account because it's hard to look up john george and just find that um we're on itunes and apple Podcasts for you iphone users and for you android users we're on spotify and we're on google play uh, technically, if you're an iPhone user, you can also use those those uh, those forms to listen to our podcast, Spotify or Google Play. Uh, but thank you guys for listening, and uh, I hope you have another really great week of watching Overwatch League. <laughs>